Blog Talk Radio. Satellites in the skies broadcasting live 
that uh, and that your shooting skills are all working together. <clears throat> and uh, it was a very safe event. And uh, I want to thank all of the staff involved, all of the staff uh, that made this event happen because we couldn't have done it without them. And uh, and the fact that all of the staff and almost all of the folks who attended the event are all involved in some way in uh, defending the the rights and freedoms uh, that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation. So my thanks to them. My thanks for the uh, all of the folks who attended the event forward to seeing you at our next running gun, which will be in October. You can go to the BattleRoadUSA.com website and, uh, and begin signing up for it there. <clears throat> All right. Uh, as I said earlier, our guest tonight is retired uh, United States Army Colonel uh, Harry Riley, and uh, he, has be- he has created uh, an event, founded an event, uh, called Operation American Spring, and, uh, and he's going to explain to you what that is, what it means to you. Uh, Colonel Riley, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Uh, nice to be with you. Thanks for well, allowing us to share OAS. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you taking the time out to come on the show and speak about this, because you and I were speaking a few minutes earlier, and uh, I know that... Uh, I know that everybody is trying to 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 get a piece of your time, and, and we're grateful that you uh, are devoting the time tonight to speak with us. First off, uh, Colonel Riley, if you could tell us, give us kind of a, a brief uh, bio of who you are and 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 how you ended up uh, at the place where you are right now. Uh, well, I'm a West Virginia native, as is my wife of 50 years. And we actually graduated from the same high school. I went to went into the military um, as an enlisted soldier, and eventually was commissioned. Uh, spent 34 years in the military. Uh, served in various places around the world. Uh, served in various organizations in the in the U.S. Uh, was in a was a combat officer. And uh, retired in 1992 and moved to Florida. That's where we're at right now. All right. So uh, you you spent all together a little over 30 years in the military, right? Mm-hmm. All right. That's and, that's correct. And tell us about uh, uh, about the organization. Uh, the Patriots for America, because that's that's who is running. Uh, that's the organization that you're involved with and that you founded, and that that is going to sponsor Operation American Spring, right? Yeah, Operation American Spring. Uh, we have three websites really. Our main website right now is oas2014.com, and we have operationamericanspring.org and the and the patriotsforamerica.ning.com site. Uh, the, the main site, though, is oas2014.com. That's the one that will be our key uh, uh, key site in, in, in D.C. when we all assemble up there. Okay. And, and even though 
Operation American Spring has been uh, has been in the news uh, a great deal recently. Can you tell folks? Uh, can you give us a uh, uh, an outline of of what the event you're planning, how it's what it is, or what the, and what it's supposed to do? Okay. Yeah, I think uh, American uh, Operation American Spring has been uh, you know has been gelling in America for for many many decades but it's been very subtle the way that government has been uh, trampling on our constitution it's it's been uh, so subtle that there hasn't been uh, enough of the pain uh, heaped on the uh, on we the people to cause a rise like has happened now over the that's given uh, you know over the last five or six years uh, we've seen uh, what a Barack Obama started. We knew what he was to some degree when he was uh, even trying to become uh, the occupant of the White House. And we, we fought against him then because we, we believed what was coming down the road, where you had an individual who had no training, had no experience, never any leadership, uh, had done nothing really, uh, and we were worried. Well, over the last six years, we have seen what Amer- what is happening to America. We've been trying for these six years to try through the courts, uh, through our uh, elected representatives. We've uh, we've we've done everything we possibly can to get their attention in Washington. Uh, we've called them, we've visited them, we've sent faxes, we've screamed at them in town halls, we've even gone to Washington a number of times, large crowds, large elements of, of patriots going to D.C. But nothing seems to uh, to get their attention. In fact, uh, they're very condescending, they look at us as pests uh, and, and do absolutely nothing. Uh, and well, we... We finally got to the point where we said, how in God's name can we do something about this? What 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 can we do since we can't get states to do anything? The feds are lawless. Uh, wrote this, uh, this op plan. Uh, actually, it was a rant that started. And then uh, the idea of the Egyptian spring popped into my head, and I put a mission onto this rant. And basically what we do, we're doing is modeling the principle of mass people, mass people like the Egyptians did. They realized that they were, they'd had enough, 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 and they went to the streets by millions. They moved, uh, they moved out Mubarak and only to get something worse. In the Muslim Brotherhood, they went to the streets again. They moved them out. So basically what we're doing is we're modeling the principle of mass, people massing, not, not Egyptian government or e- Egyptian military. The, the difference between Operation American Spring and those events in foreign lands is they had no, foreign, they had no official document behind them to actually rest on, to cause them, to give them the, the, the backing they needed to do what they were doing. We do. America has the Declaration of Independence, and we have our Constitution. And basically, our Constitution tells us 
when a long long train of abuses occur, when we're penalized by government, when it gets out of control, we are to take action. We are, we the people hold the power. We're to take action against these uh, lawless individuals that are occupying the positions of leadership in Washington D.C. It says we must do this. So what we're doing is basically a declaration of independence sanction constitutional sanctioned exercise to demonstrate our our demands and grievances to do it in a peaceful nonviolent unarmed law-abiding way in Washington DC where we are trying to to uh, field millions and millions of American patriots to basically challenge the the conditions in Washington DC we know they're lawless we see that every day. Uh, there is no longer three equal branches of government. Uh, the, the executive right now has, has uh, grabbed the, the total power. The United States Congress does nothing. They just let them do it. So we're basically a lawless government, and, and that's what we're going up there to try to challenge and change. Well, we've seen this. We've seen this coming for a while, for quite a while, and certainly, while this current administration has uh, has certainly would certainly win the award for uh, for most trampling, we've certainly seen this coming for a while from from both sides, from all groups, everybody involved in government. Uh, no one, no, the government, it appears to me, no longer uh, can identify with the people. They've made themselves exempt from the laws that the rest of us have to follow. They've made themselves uh, above the uh, the people that they are supposed to be serving, and they've effectively swung the plate around to where the, the people are now supposed to be serving them. It seems to me now that, that, that now we are being asked to go on bended knee and beg a boon of our representatives when they are supposed to be in the positions that they are in order to serve us. Uh, most of the folks that I talked to, it seems like they have, they have received a deaf ear to most of their complaints. And I believe that the, the two major parties, and of course Washington warned us of this uh, at the beginning of the nation, that the two-party system was going to destroy us. Most of the parties now are mainly concerned with uh, with gaining and holding power for their parties. Uh, it doesn't seem like anyone is really interested in doing the right thing. They just want to gain power and hold power for that party, even if it means uh, pandering to whatever uh, whatever group of people that they need to in order to gain votes. Nobody's willing to do the right thing that needs to be done, and. Uh, it seems to me like the current administration certainly uh, certainly holds the record for the amount of uh, the amount of things that they are willing to do that that are actually uh, in in many cases uh, actually illegal and yeah. and one thing comes after the other and one thing comes after the other and I think a, a good majority I think of Americans believe that it can't be, that this really can't be true, that uh, that 
that this many things happening one after the other, it must be uh, it must be in our imagination that this many things are happening. Uh, but the reality is is that it's really happening. These yeah, things. Some- these things are going on one after the other, and our rights uh, are being eroded. Now, you, you said earlier that they were doing it in such a subtle way, and, and I've, I've mentioned that to listeners many times. I said the, the, if, we, if there was something really big, uh, like that happened in 1775, if we had uh, a brigade of redcoats standing in front of us, well, then that's... That's an easy thing to identify. It's an easy problem, and there's only a couple of solutions. Uh, the things that we face now, it seems, are are much more subtle. It's like uh, it's like uh, rust, rust on on a bridge. Now, if that rust continues long enough, it's absolutely it's going to take that bridge down. That bridge is going to come crashing down with with 10 busloads of elementary school children on them, and they're all going to go crashing into the ocean, and that's going to be the end of them. Just Mm. as sure as if it were exploded by a a jihadist. But it's really hard to get people excited about rust, because you can always fix rust tomorrow. You can always get out there and scrape it off tomorrow and get it. Because rust is going slowly. It's, It's in no rush. And that's what's been happening to us. We've been... We've been losing our rights and our freedoms. It's a, a little bit of rust at a time. And the problem is now is that it's, it's getting to critical mass. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what, you know, I, when, I was, when I was referring to subtle, I was thinking, uh, you know, back uh, 60, 80, 100 years when it started and, uh, you know, just drips and drabs. But it's certainly not subtle now. I mean, uh, you, you, not. there can't there can't be anything subtle about uh, you know the 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 current economic situation, the bailouts of banks and car companies, and Fast and Furious and Benghazi and IRS scandals and Tea Party attacks and NSA treachery, Obama standing up with his pen and and jabbing it in our eyes and looking over and saying, I got a pen, and a phone, and Congress, if you don't do what I want, I'll do it anyway. He's writing he's writing executive orders like they're going out of style. You know, how many times has he changed the, the this uh uh this health care law thing that uh, that the Democrats voted into? I don't know how many times he's changed it. But you know, he has no authority whatsoever to change any law. His responsibility he's an executive. He's not a legislator. He's an executive that that we've hired to carry out the laws that the United States Congress pass. Unfortunately, since we have we have no longer have three equal branches of government exercising their constitutional responsibility, then he's doing what he wants to, and Congress is letting him do it. You know, the, the, did you ever th- did you ever think about you ever think you ever think about the okay. fact? That John Boehner nor Mitch McConnell ever get any real pressure from the left, they don't bother them because they're happy with the way Boehner and McConnell have blended in to the left message. They're they're just allowing it to happen. So 
you know, they're all complicit. They're all basically That's the thing. violating That's their they're oath, and they should be fired. They're all complicit in it. They're all equally. Uh, uh, they're all equally guilty of failure to defend the Constitution. Uh, exactly. And I, I think it's. I think it's uh, because they've gotten to a point where the whole group, the whole system, has become so incestuous that uh, everybody has dirt on everybody else. They're all dirty. They all have dirt on everybody else. No one wants to uh, stick their head under the chopping block. The folks in Washington, uh, in the system, will tell you that if you don't play ball, not just with one side or the other, but if you don't play ball even with your own party, that you get chopped off. You get uh, you get stopped. You get silenced. It doesn't matter how right uh, your cause is or your mission is. The only way you're going to get something through without the uh, without the blessings of the rest of the party folks is if it's uh, if it's something that the media is pushing, something that uh, like the knee-jerk reactions and legislation that occurs after some type of a shooting situation. That's the only way that you're going to get uh, something through or or something. Uh, realistically done, and and without uh, without going in and cleaning out the whole group, I don't know how this is going to work. I've told folks before that uh, my grandfather and I were were feeding the chickens uh, in his in his chicken coop one evening, and he started to get uh, the chickens started to get some bugs in there, and. Uh, and he told me, he said, you know, because I asked him, I said, well, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to fix it? And he said, you know, because there are some things that uh, that can only be fixed with a uh, some newspaper, uh, a match, and some kerosene. Uh, what he meant is that there's no fixing it. There's no cleaning out. He's going to have to burn the whole thing down in order to get rid of the mess that was there now. Now, I'm certainly not... I'm certainly not advocating, and I know you're not either, that we burn down Washington, physically burn it down. But I think it's going to have to be cleaned out in order for uh, in order for anything, any kind of meaningful change to happen. The uh, no, the the government, the structure that our founding fathers gave us are are fine. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. What happens is when you get lawless criminals in the positions of leadership in the government then then things fall apart uh Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Harry Reid and Mitch McConnell John Boehner Pelosi and Eric Holder they need to go that's what we're saying the only way we can get started back to constitutional restoration is we have to get rid of these people that are are leading America into the abyss. Uh, some of the things I just mentioned, we're heading toward a communist, socialist uh, nation, and uh, we we have to think about our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. You're going to leave them? We're just going to surrender and say, well, I guess it's not my do, my job to fix it or let somebody else do it. You know, we can't do that. We've got to rise up. And the way we do that is we field millions of individuals in Washington, D.C., and we stay there until we get somebody's attention. Now, we have, we have, 
we have provided that Congress, every congressman over there, hard copy of our demands and grievances called Declaration of Revision, and also a verified, validated articles of impeachment that have been prepared by a constitutional lawyer. He says that are provable, and they're in, in format. All Congress has to do is execute it. You know, they have those, and we are going to expect some answers and solutions from them. Uh, if they don't respond to us, then, you know, they're going to heap whatever results on their back. But we're going to stay there until we get some kind of a, uh, an answer. We, we believe that if we're there in the, greater, in the great numbers that we think we need, millions, I mean millions, if we don't get that, then they're going to snicker at us and they're going to look out and say, well, I guess they weren't really serious and they really don't think America's in bad shape as uh, you know, a few Operation American Spring idiots were hollering about. You know what? We, it is, we are in bad shape. It our nation is about to go down, and if we don't do something now, Barack Obama is going to – he's going to escalate, and he's going to take us down faster. He really wants to make us part of the U.N., under the U.N., the One World Order. Uh, you know, after 200 and all the, all the blood and sacrifice and, and family destruction that we've contributed to maintain the fabric of our nation – and now we have someone that, that no, nobody really knows who it is sitting in the White House that's dragging us into, the, uh, uh, into destruction. We can't let it happen. We just absolutely can't. You know, I've, I've got one example that I think is uh, just really paints a picture of what these people are, how despicable and – and how self-serving they really are. And that deals with the Benghazi issue. Uh, I, I'm sure most of us remember Clinton and Obama standing in the, in the shadow of the, the four caskets that came back from Benghazi when they were there uh, meeting with the, with the survivors, the parents. They were standing there with their hand over their heart and then going and, and – and telling, looking at those grieving mother, mothers and fathers and telling them that their sons were killed because someone produced a video that upset the Muslims and the Muslims attacked and uh, created this, uh, this killing zone. When they very well knew, they knew then and we knew then, all America knew then, that it was not a video, it was a planned al-Qaeda attack, but they looked those mothers in the eye and, and they told them a bald-faced lie. Now, if we, have, if we have leadership that have those characteristics, have that character, that they're willing to look parents and tell them a lie just so they will win an election or their power base will be maintained, their political status will not be changed. And now we know, based on the emails that came out of the White House, that, the, that uh, 
I can't remember her name now. I've got a mental block that that went on all the TV shows and uh, and told everybody that it was a video. We know the White House coached her into using that, but simply that uh, they didn't want Obama's policy that Al Qaeda was on the run to be damaged just before the election. Now, when we have that that level of leadership at the head of our nation. You know, we can't help but be going down into the into the abyss. I don't think there's any way that you could say there's a more despicable action. And even while Benghazi was going on, Obama went to bed, and the next day he went on a campaign thing. You know, if I was in in combat, and a, and a, and and the troops were in combat, and I decided that I was going to go, uh, you know. Down to the down to the BX or some place and let the men fight it out. I would have been immediately relieved and I'd have been court-martialed and may even have been hung. That's what ought to happen to Obama. He deserves to be put in prison and the most and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law for his actions. This man is absolutely despicable he's the worst enemy that america has ever faced never well, have we faced any more serious we've never faced a more serious threat not from the russians not from the chinese not from anyone he is destroying well, us within well we certainly face uh, a lot of threats from without now because in addition to uh to weakening our rights and freedoms within the within the country, he has weakened the country without. Yeah. Now that has caused uh, that has caused uh, the folks that uh, I don't want to say enemies, but uh, folks that may or may not have done something uh, with a strong president are certainly not too worried about doing it now. And the problem with that is that even if it's uh even if it is a small nation that uh, that has no hopes of uh, uh of winning any kind of a any kind of a uh a situation uh with America or with anybody else any time you create you set up situations where 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 things can become toxic or things can become uh, violent, uh, or wars can start, or shooting situations can start, it's very, very dangerous because no one can predict where these things are going to go. And uh, I believe that this president is leading us into to very dangerous waters. Now, as far as them lying uh, about Benghazi, I don't... I don't for me, I don't see much difference in in them doing it or... Uh, or other administrations before them that have lied about uh, about plenty of other things too. I think that that is something I think that has just grown to be an accepted practice uh, from our government, and that is lying to the citizens. Uh, and they'll lie to it, lie to us anytime they can, whether they think they can get away with it or not. Because even if they, even if they even if we know, what are we going to do? There's nothing that uh, Well, this apparently. this is a little this is a little different, Michael. People, these people were standing in the in the presence of four dead Americans. Now, 
you know, you can lie about, uh, you know, they, they lie about, you know, how much money they're making or this or that or the other thing. But when you, you stand in the presence of dead Americans and you tell a lie about how they died simply for your own uh, benefit, your own self-serving uh, measures, you know, that is absolutely beyond the pale. That is the worst thing that I think that I've ever experienced or ever heard of a leader. So, you know, we've got to get 10 million people or however many we can bring up there. The Lord's, I believe the Lord's wind is behind this. If he, he may pull a Joshua on us, I don't know. You know, we're saying 10 million. He may say you need 1,000. I have no idea. But we need we need a gigantic, massive presence up there, in my opinion, to get the attention of these uh, oath breakers in the Congress, in the White House, wherever they are up there, and and make our make ourselves known that we've had enough. We're not going to take it anymore. They either change it or suffer the consequences, and the consequences may not be very pretty. And our hope is, and many feel, that this may be our last opportunity to do this thing peacefully, to go up there to try to make a case that we need to change. It can't be delayed. We cannot be no longer pushed away. We're no longer going to be the servants of, uh, of professional politicians. Our nation is floundering. The, it's, in grave, it's in grave condition. And we're really fighting this thing for the children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren coming on. Uh, I don't know. You know, if if we can fight all around the world bringing other, other nations into a freedom condition, uh, either, uh, you know, re- re- restore it or, or help people gain their freedom and liberty like we have – and we can't stand up for our own nation when we're in, in, in dire straits right now. Why do we have to beg America to get uh, uh, 10 million people up there? we got 300 million people or more in the United States of America. Everybody sees what's going on. We've got to get a few people up there. And, you know, if we can get 10 million or whatever we can get to represent the rest of the, million, rest of the nation – the rest of the nation will come and join us, but we've got to do this. We just absolutely have to. It won't work unless we get a gigantic turnout. So we're pleading for for our nation and for everybody that comes behind us to join us up right. there on May the 16th, and we'll try to stay as long as we can, as long as people can stand it, and and try to make a change. Okay, well, this is going to – the event is going to, to begin on the 16th. Now, is there any uh, – is there uh, – there any? Are, are you guys going to stage anywhere, or how are you asking folks to arrive or where to go to? Well, this is – you know, the Operation American Spring has been a power-down uh, operation. We've got – Obviously, on our websites, we've got 50 uh, state state groups on there. Uh, many of them are are in uh, in strong positions with large numbers to come up there. Everyone has their own plan as to where they're going to meet up on the mall. 
on our websites, we have four what we call uh, target rally areas, uh, the Lincoln Memorial, Washington Monument, and a couple more up toward the Capitol. Uh, those are just basically reference points. Uh, state groups, various groups are picking out points on the mall where they're going to assemble. Uh, and we're not going to have stages or sound systems or that type of thing because, one, we don't have any donation button on any of our sites. We have no money. Uh, we have no deep pockets. We have no, you know, no big corporations supporting us. All we have is the wind of the Lord pushing us up and, and uh, grassroots people that are sacrificing because they feel in their hearts that America is, is, uh, is breaking apart. And they they are willing to go do it. Many have said, I can't go, I can't, you know, I don't have any money, I can't take the time off, but I'm going anyway. Or somebody's right. coming from Michigan in a wheelchair, somebody else is helping him uh, get to Chicago, get on a train, and get into D.C. It's that, it's that attitude, that mental attitude that says, this is so important, it must happen. Uh, and people understand it's not going to be catered, that... Again, we don't have money to, to, to do this. Uh, they're going to bring their own backpack with their own water, their own dried food, uh, probably a porta potty in there. And uh, they'll be camping at various places. They'll be staying in motels. They'll be staying with friends. They'll be staying with family. Uh, they'll be stay, sleeping in their car some. Uh, they're staying at campgrounds. Some, uh, some people are offering uh, you know, vacant land, vacant woods where people are camping. So this is a this is a true grassroots. It's going to be one of the the largest town halls ever, because we we are going to demand the the resignation, the stepping down of these individuals, and uh, you know we're, what we're hoping is that the Lord is going to uh, to shake people in Congress, maybe two or three hundred people in Congress that's finally going to realize. That they're gonna they're gonna lock arms and stand shoulder to shoulder with OAS, and say, uh, you know, we've been wrong. We've been we've just been going along with uh, with these with these leaders, letting them convince us that we have to go along with them. Will they stand up and say we're gonna stand with OAS and we're we're gonna co renew our constitution and we're gonna demand that the rest of Congress do the right thing. Uh, create a chaotic situation in Congress, if that's what it takes. So we don't know how this is going to turn out, but we're going to be up there in great numbers to try to create some some issue that will get us started back toward constitutional restoration and their constitution as the as the law of the land. Okay. Well, if you had, if there was. Uh, uh, if there were some, some, say, goals or demands that uh, that OAS was uh, th that they wanted, if you could magically get uh, uh, the senators and congressmen to walk out with you, to walk out to you and say, "Here it is. We've met your demands, and here's what we're going to do." What would they say? What would what would those what would the the congressmen say? 
Right. If he says here, we're here, we've read your demands and we're agreed with them, and we're gonna we're gonna follow they them would, one by one. And what would what would what would be the list that uh, that he would be reading? Well, of course, the the, the demands and grievances are uh, there's 33 of them, so I can't quote them. But what they would what we would what they would be saying is. We agree with you, and we are going to do everything within our power. We're going to call on Barack Obama to step down. We're going to call on Joe Boehner to step down, Harry Reid, Mitch McConnell. We're going to this two or three hundred that came out there would say that. If they said that, then America would flock into Washington D.C. in even greater numbers, and we would get what we wanted. Those people would be gone. We would be starting back onto a constitutional uh, restoration. That's what I believe would happen if we had something like that happen. And I don't know. Maybe the Lord's got that in mind. I'm praying it is. But it take it okay. would take something that gig- that gigantic to to uh, to create it. And uh, we're going to try to do that. Well, can people find the uh, uh, the thirty three? Uh, yeah. Can yes. we find the, yes, the, the 33 points on the OAS2014.com site? Yes, they can. In fact, there's a there's a tab on there. They can uh, they can click, and uh, all they have to do is add their name and zip code, I believe, and they will they will send they will send the complete package that each congressman has received to their congressman and to their two senators and also to the White House, and they will then get a return copy of the entire package. And it includes what I, what I said, the, the, the demands and grievances, the articles of impeachment, and also there's a couple of different other pages that describe exactly what American Spring is about. And they can also go to uh, go to the... Uh, PatriotsForAmerica.ning.com and look at the, up at the top. There's a tab up there that says, uh, uh, what does it say? It says, uh, <laughs> can't remember what it says, but it basically uh, indicates our uh, oh, OAS packet to Congress. You just click on that, and you'll see exactly everything, all the all the demands and grievances, and uh, every one of the articles of impeachment. Okay. okay. It's all there for anybody to see, and every every single all these all the representatives and all the senators have a copy now. They've got at least another fifteen, sixteen days to read them. And this this is a this is an honorable effort. It's a noble effort. We're not doing anything that the United States Constitution doesn't allow. Uh, we uh, we believe in it. It's it's the law of the land. Our founders gave us this this great document, and we want it back. We want it back right. from the criminals and the and the the violators in Washington D.C. Think that if we could get. Uh if we could get now, I know that uh, 
uh, I know that there's one argument that says that uh, they have the the folks in Washington that are there have to be experienced uh, and uh, they have to to know what they're doing and the only way they get that is by uh, you know is by the experience of doing it. But I'm telling you that uh, that whenever a when these guys when all they've done in their life is to be a politician in Washington. Uh, I think that that uh, I think that that makes them a completely different uh, animal than all the rest of the American citizens that they are supposed to be representing. And uh, I think that the the folks that are that on their third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh terms, uh, uh, I think that they are completely uh, separated from the American people. I don't think they. I don't think it helps uh, for them to be career politicians. I would much rather have. I'd much rather have somebody who didn't know what they were doing. I'd much rather have uh, have a system where uh, that it was like the old draft, where you got a, a note uh, from the government that said, "Greetings, uh, you're hereby reported to, or ordered to report to Washington for a term of two years as your." Uh, uh, as your state's representative, and uh, mm-hmm. and they go up there and they do it, and that's it, and then they can't ever they can't serve a second term. Uh, that would be an I improvement. That, yeah, I think that what we have now just is not working, and certainly the two party system is not working because in case after case you see uh, folks who are our only options, and uh, they say they're saying stuff like, uh, well, yes, you're right. I actually, I really probably should be in prison for the things I've done, uh, but I'm not, and I'm the only guy that uh, you can vote for. So you have to vote for me, because if you don't vote for me, you're going to have to vote for the other guy. And uh, you don't want to do that. And so we're left trapped in, this, in, a, in a little ping-pong hole like that, and, and it's killing us. It's destroying our nation. Yeah, that's. Let me just read a portion from the declaration. You know, it, it says whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, the, and the, these ends mean life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute a new government. And further on, it says, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Now, this this is not saying we destroy the entire government. It, it says you either... You either government to stay and our declaration says we have a duty it's not something we just say well gee I wonder if we ought to go do that since they're stealing everything they're spending us into debt that no one will ever be able to repay they're they're killing our people they're they're destroying our liberty every every time you turn around uh, they're, they're pulling something else on us they won't let the states do their job 
should we just uh well should we just wait or uh what do we what do we need to be the catalyst if we don't have the catalyst in all of the stuff that's happened in the last 6 years and I'm sorry but I'm telling you we wait any longer <laughs> we're we're going to be beyond we're going to be beyond hope it's obama is going to have his private army completely under control uh, in control of everything every police station uh, every sheriff's office everywhere with all of his mraps all the military gear they sh- pushing down all the ammunition that the government is buying what in the world does the does the post office need with ammunition uh We've we've got to act, and we've got to act now. We're we're asking that, you know, if if citizens simply fail to understand the grave threat to our nation, if they fail to to join OAS, it's not really OAS. It's the idea of freedom. It's an idea to to try to 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 try to bring us back to constitutional restoration. If 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 we don't do that, it's going to signal surrender to Barack Obama and to make clear he's free to proceed with a socialist, communist takeover and the destruction of America. Uh, can't right. happen. We can't allow it to happen. Right. Uh, and you and I were talking earlier, and I told you I wanted to ask you about uh, – <clears throat> about some stuff that's recently in the news. There was uh, one of the folks that uh, had been working with you that uh, that had some type of uh, uh, had some type of a uh, a break or something with uh, with the organization, and and she started uh, posting or talking to folks uh, and saying that. Uh, that she heard that it was going to be a bloodbath, and uh, and a lot of folks have asked about that because they were, you know, uh, they were worried about getting involved because obviously they don't want to be part of something that that is predetermined or predestined to be a bloodbath. Can you uh, can you tell folks where that came from and uh, and what you know about? It? <laughs> well. <laughs> I uh, what I heard was uh, on the P.P. Uh, Simmons report uh, that uh, one of our people had made those statements, and uh, the the person never made that never made that statement to me. And of course, as you said, it was just something she heard, a rumor, a hint. Well, you know, those kinds of things are said all the time. They were they were meant the same things were mentioned during the 912 demonstrations, during the during the 2010 Glenn Beck rally. We heard the same things. We we even put on our our Patriots for America and other websites a a uh, tab that titled dispelling rumors. I mean, they've had me doing everything, you know, uh being an undercover uh, agent for the NSA, being a Satanist, uh, you know, being all kinds of stuff. Unfortunately, I was disappointed with P.P. P. Simmons that they actually took that stuff and made it sound like it was breaking news. When the when the individual said it was just something uh, that she heard, that somebody hinted it, 
I've heard stuff like, uh, you know, well, they're going to be coming across the river in boats, attacking Washington. You know, you've got uh, you've got a mindset out there that there's a certain there's a certain group of people that all they do is want to stir up trouble, uh, and and you know, particularly since everything about Operation American Spring is geared toward peaceful. Uh, nonviolent, unarmed, law-abiding, working with the police, working with the the Park Service, and our bottom line is constitutional restoration. Now, if anybody fights us and makes these allegations and uh, you know tries to create trouble, then they don't deserve to be living in America because they're fighting the Constitution. If they don't believe in the Constitution, then they should leave. They should go someplace where they can, uh, you know, be happy with, uh, you know, continual uh, uh, a, a terrorist or a, a tyrant or whatever. But, you know, these things are just nothing but, uh, but, but garbage. And, you know, when we field millions of people, we're going to be a safe. In fact, it's probably more dangerous to get to D.C., in your car than it is while we're in D.C. Because there's going to be so many of us there that we're going to have each other's backs. We have we have uh, made the case over and over again for months and months and months. And you know what? The Secret Service and the FBI know this because they've already been talking to some of our people. And, and they just want to know because we have gained credibility at the highest levels. Uh, of the government, and they simply want to go out and talk to some people to see if they understand what we're saying. In other words, if they're in agreement that the Operation American Spring speakers, uh, those of us who are uh, making the case for what we're doing, if uh, if the members are saying the same thing, or are they... uh, have some different uh, objective in mind, but uh, the, the the Secret Service seem to think that uh, what we're doing is uh, completely lawful, is completely in accordance with the Constitution, and they're checking some of our people just to see if uh, if that's what they think we're doing. So you know, I don't, uh, I really don't don't have any 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 fear i mean there's there's probably going to be some minor problems but but most of the time when we've been to washington dc there hasn't been a single incident nothing the police look at us they say well they know we're calm they know we're cooperative our security groups our security teams that we're putting together are going to work with the dc and the uh uh park police uh and and the and the other thing, uh, you know, we we just we just witnessed in Nevada, the thugs out there that were trying to uh, intimidate uh, the rancher people uh, with guns and you know all the military equipment and so forth and threatening to shoot people and tasering people, and finally the American people stood up and said, wait a minute. That's not what we do in America. We don't act like that. We don't treat people like that. If people have done wrong, then then there's a better way to do it, not with guns and and becoming a thuggery. 
and they stood up and stood down those thugs out there. Now, that gives me great hope that America has finally wakened and will feel the same way about going to D.C. to send the message up there that we've had enough of their shenanigans and their violations of the Constitution, the violations of their oath, and we will create the same thing. We will back people down. We will cause change. Well, I agree, and I certainly agree with the with what you just said about the, the Bundy situation. And, you know, if no matter what your no matter what your beliefs or your opinions is on that, if you think he did wrong, uh, okay, that's your opinion. Uh, the way to figure that out is to have a court of law uh, work that out. And the way you do that is you have uh, whoever is whatever uh, agents of whatever court it is that have the authority over it uh, to go and either arrest him or take him into custody in the least uh, violent, the 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 least use of force manner, and you fix it that way. What you don't do is is have uh, groups of folks in uh, military uh, body armor and weapons and have them go out and establish areas of limited uh, freedom of speech, uh, which, uh, which face into areas of no First Amendment rights, uh, you don't you don't go out and chop up the Constitution so that you can get somebody's grazing fees. That's that's just not the way you do it. Uh, I'm not going to try to talk about whether uh, about anything else he did, the legality of it, the illegality of it. All I'm going to talk about is the way mm-hmm. is the federal government's response to it, because Absolutely. that's the thing that makes me angry. If somebody is, uh, if you feel that somebody is doing something wrong, uh, you're supposed to use the least amount of force as civilians. If it was the military, the military is completely different. The military uses the most amount of force. They shell the place, they strafe it, they burn it, and then they kick in the doors and they shoot everybody on the other side. That's great for the military. Our police are not supposed to be the military. They're supposed to use the least amount of force. You know, if somebody has, uh, if you think somebody has some kind of a problem, then you can send in the, the sheriff or, or you can send somebody in to peacefully arrest them. You don't send truckloads of guys in, in black armor uh, to their home and then uh, eventually burn them all to death. Uh, our government uh, seems like it's determined to shoot or or burn people at death or explode them in order to prove its dominance and that is not that's not what the founders had envisioned for this country that's not what no. we should be allowing the our country to change into uh, i'm i'm always happy that i see more and more i see more people it seems are understanding or getting the picture uh, Sheriff Richard Mack uh, has been on the show before, mm-hmm. and I, I certainly appreciate his efforts to educate the law enforcement agencies uh, in the, the counties across the United States uh, to let them to make sure they understand their powers 
states, although you have certain uh, states that are, are, are now trying to circumvent that by abolishing uh, the position of sheriff, if they can't get it one way, they'll get it another way. But a lot of folks are starting to understand this, and there, and there is a backlash now. I think a lot mm-hmm. of the states are starting to say, look, we're tired of it, too. We're tired of being pushed around. We're tired of of you using, uh, of twisting uh, the uh, uh, the different laws in order to uh, uh, in order to make things work, or to punish states by withholding money uh, from them, and again, in order to get them to toe the line. Uh, folks are tired of it. They're tired of having uh, uh, tax agents uh, sick on them and destroying their lives uh, because either of their their views or because they didn't follow uh, uh, certain directives which were unlawful to begin with, people people are really getting upset about this. And you know, yeah. it's, uh, I'm a student of history, and uh, I studied the American Revolutionary War in its beginnings quite a bit. And, you know, I see what the government is doing now to me seems to be a very, very dangerous game that they're playing because in 1773 and 1774 and then in 1775, the the British governor of the colonies, General Gage, was also the commander of the occupying troops uh, mm-hmm. in Boston. Boston, Boston was not uh, obeying exactly the letter of the tax directives uh, from Britain, so troops were sent in as a punitive measure. They were housed in uh, in people's homes. Uh, people's homes were searched without warrants. On and on, all of this, and mm-hmm. and because of that, the people started to protest. And in order for Gage, he thought he said, "Well, I'll shut these guys up. Uh, what I'll do is I'll just take their powder. That way, they have no way to." Uh, they have no way to really do anything. They can run their mouths all they want, but they can't do anything else. So we'll be the only ones that have any firearms to fire. So he sent uh, the troops out in the middle of the night to confiscate what he can call the king's powder, all the, the gunpowder for the folks there around Salem and Boston. And he did it. He made it. But but he didn't get all of it. And he kept. He said he'll just keep doing it. He'll keep having the powder rates, keep confiscating the powder until he got it all. However, the people were so angry they were so angry over this that they never let him do it successfully again. He kept trying. But instead of having the effect that he wanted, every time the government mm-hmm. sent uh, the troops out or did something new, the people responded to it, and they kept learning. And it's the same thing that uh, that is happening now. And the problem is that the government does something, the people respond to it, and because they respond to it in a certain way, the government says, "Well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to up the ante. We're going to have to do it even bigger this next time." So they do, and the people figure out how to to respond to that. So what you end up having is the same thing that Gage had. He was training the colonists in how to respond and how to resist. He kept training them till uh, on April 18th. Uh, the night of April 18th, he sent out the troops. So on April 19th, those troops met, uh, ended up meeting resistance in Lexington. And because the colonists 
had had so much experience by this time in responding to Gage's stuff, it was it was a disaster for Gage and for the two brigades he sent out. We're doing the same thing now. The government is teaching the citizens how to organize and how to respond. And this is a, a very dangerous game. It's a very dangerous dance that both parties are engaged in because unless one side or the other gives, it, it doesn't have a good conclusion. It never has. So that brings us to where we are with our declaration of revision. Basically, we're, we're again, submitting a declaration of, of independence, if you will, to the Congress. They've got them. They know what we're, what, what we're complaining about, what our grievances are, and what we want. Uh, and I uh, just pray that, uh, that they will take things seriously and not treat us like pests like they have been. Mike, Mike, I, I want to to tell you that we appreciate your efforts in letting us share and and tell, let your your uh, the people that uh, listen to you to to understand that what we're about. And I have to go, but I know I'm going to be followed by James Neighbors and Dan Gray, and they will fill in the gaps that I have missed. They're fully. Uh, Fully, fully prepared to do that, and I, I right. want to thank you, sir. Well, thank you, Colonel Riley. And listen, uh, I know that uh, there's only a few uh, days left between now and the 16th, but uh, well, this next Thursday, do you guys have any additional updates or anything? You're more than welcome to call in. We'll get them out of the air to the listeners. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Michael. Appreciate you All so right, much. Thank God you bless very you. Thank you much, uh, Colonel Riley. God bless you. God keep you close and uh, watch over you and the rest of the American citizens who are joined together with you. And uh, thank have you. a good evening. Thank you very much. All right. We appreciate uh, Colonel Riley giving us uh, the uh, the time that he did. And we, in fact, do have uh, Mr. James Neighbors and Mr. Dan Gray, uh, who've been patiently, uh, I don't know how patiently they've been holding, but they've, they've been on the, they've been holding nonetheless. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, and bring you bring both of you guys on now, uh, Mr. Gray, who is uh, uh, from Pennsylvania with Operation American Spring. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm with just about every group that exists right now within about a 200 mile radius of my home, from uh, dope smoking libertarians to bikers to uh, militia people to the Green Party to libertarians, as I mentioned, the, the Tea Party. The button-down Republicans, uh, you'd be amazed. Um, and Operation American Spring is bringing together people of all different walks of life, all races, all creeds, all ages, who want one basic thing. And this is what even the left is starting to wake up to, primarily with the NSA spying as the wedge issue for them. They're waking up to the fact that if we have a constitution that limits our government, then we can have debates. There's room for debates. I, I think I have all the answers, as we all do, but I know I don't. Um, to address just a few of, yeah, thank you. Well, to address uh, a few of the colonel's points. Um, first of all, the main one, which is the fear that I keep hearing from people all over the place, which is violence. Um, I was at a statewide militia summit here in Pennsylvania about two weeks ago uh, when Bundyville was coming to uh, a head 
when the crisis was at its worst. And while we were making our plans, and no wild-eyed people in the group, lots of men and women of all ages who just really would rather not have to do this, and plenty of veterans. Christian Yingling, who is uh, our acknowledged leader here in Pennsylvania, the militias, uh, he was there in Bundyville with several of our guys and told us when they stood down. And not only did we cheer, but we said prayers. And there were more than a few tears in the eyes of, of the people there, not just the, the women and the young ones, but, but also the men, because we're not looking for violence. I would like to remind all of the listeners that in Pennsylvania alone, and I'm sure in all of your states it may be similar, but Pennsylvania is pretty much the number one hunter state. We have more hunters and registered NRA people than anywhere else. And there are more people in Pennsylvania, men and women of all ages, with high-powered weapons who know how to use them, than all armed federal agents in the entire world, including the military. Most of them will not be in D.C., they, there will not be any problems with violence in D.C. except for very minor problems that would come up with any large group, probably less than you'd find it at a rock concert or a ball game. The elites right, right. who run this country, they, they're bold. They're determined. They're full of themselves, but they're not fools. There's going to be millions of cameras there and millions of witnesses, even though – I will say, uh, according to the Department of Homeland Security, um, I myself right now in Washington, D.C. as well, is within the Constitution-free zone that they've declared. They say that within 200 miles of all borders, and we're on less than 200 miles from the ocean, uh, the Constitution doesn't apply. Now, of course, we dispute that. Uh, look, I'm, I'm never surprised that there are unscrupulous scoundrels who would lie, who would steal, who would kill. I'm never surprised to see those things, and I'm, like the rest of us, disheartened at the fact that we let it get this bad. Yes, that's, that's right. It's not the fault of the thieves, the people who want to be kings, okay? We are the ones who sold our heritage for a mess of pottage, for a handful of magic beans. We're the ones who have been selling our own children down the river as slaves, indebted to our alleged betters, those who would rule, those who would be kings. And do we want a revolution? Absolutely. Now, you use the, the, the idea of uh, burning down uh, a chicken coop to get rid of uh, parasites. I prefer, if for those of you who are familiar with classical uh, Greek literature at all, and this isn't esoteric stuff, but you've all heard of Hercules. Hercules had a number of labors that he had to accomplish. One of them was to clean out the biggest stables in the world. You know what fills up stables? because there's plenty of that right. in Washington, D.C., and our own state capitals. So what he did was he, can divert he the river? moved. That's correct. He diverted an entire river through those stables and just washed it all away. And that's what we're interested in doing. We do not want to change the Constitution. Is it a revolution? Yeah. If it means turning back to our founders' values and their understanding of baser human nature, it is our nature to be seduced by temptation. All of the deadly sins, of all of them, the subject, the, the very worst one, is the will to power. For, for those people who embrace that evil ideal, they use every other deadly sin against us. And you look around, you see people who are full of themselves with their ego, or they're, they're into gluttony, or they're into sex, or they're into drugs, they're, whatever it is. And they, they encourage that, because by encouraging us to be less than virtuous, 
I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. I don't want a religious theocracy of any kind. Not Muslim, not right, Christian, right. not Jewish, not anything. But there are few among us indeed are George Washingtons or Mother Teresas who could just simply turn their back on power and money. So the idea is to stand up and express ourselves. There's no rule that would work. There is no term limit that would work. The Constitution will not work unless we make it work. In fact, folks, think about this. For those of you who think you don't have the power and, and who think, well, it isn't my fault, 1 in 20, that's 5%. Over the last 40 years, had we simply picked one incumbent in 20, and that leaves a lot of them, and just voted them out of office and never let them back in again, that would have put the fear of God in them. They never would have gotten this far. So, I, I don't want to monopolize. Uh, I have a tendency to go on and on. I'd like to hear something from James. Yeah, James, uh, uh, let me introduce you to the show, guys. This is uh, James Neighbors, and uh, James uh, is running a, a project called uh, Overpasses for America, and uh, we had a bit of a glitch uh, uh, the last time he was supposed to be on the show, and I was hoping that he would come back and uh, and give us a quick rundown on it. If you can kind of uh, give us a little bit about what you're going to, what you guys are doing, and how you're going to tie it in with uh, with Operation American Spring, because I'm 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 guessing that that's that you guys are going to be working together on this, and then uh, and then we'll get back into a role on the the OAS project. Oh yeah, well first let me you know just for the, the those that have never heard of Overpass for America, um, you know if if you've ever been driving to work and you've seen some people out on an overpass holding up some signs saying you know something to the effect of impeach Obama, uh, abolish the NSA, um, you know remember Benghazi and things like that, and you wondered why traffic was backed up, well that's because of you know, we've got tens of thousands of people out across the country that are trying to raise awareness um, to the things that the mainstream media isn't telling anyone about. <laughs> you know, and, and it's working. It really is. You know, a lot of people may think, well, what good does it do to, to hold a sign up? Well, um, if you pay attention to anything other than the mainstream media, then you know that since July of last year when we first when we first hit the streets, and the overpasses that a lot more uh, alternative media has covered the necessity of impeaching and, and convicting uh, President Obama and his collaborators. And, and it's really, it's turned up the heat on it. We've got members of the House saying that they will file for impeachment, you know, articles of impeachment, if, if we can get control of the Senate. Well, that leaves the rest of that up to us. And, you know, people can think, well, voting doesn't work, it's all corrupted. Well, there's only a certain statistical amount of fraud that they can, that they can do. So if you don't think it works, just go vote out of defiance and beat that one fraudulent vote. Um, you know, but that's, you know, anyway, I digress. Um, you, know, you know, we've been at this now for, you know, since, since June of last year. July was when we first hit the streets. And, you know, we brought a lot of awareness up. A lot of people, you wouldn't believe how many people have asked us, well, who is Benghazi? Well, they don't have to ask it anymore <laughs> because now they, yeah, yeah, it's just sad. And, um, you know, but we, we've changed that. We've erased that ignorance. And that's really what it's all about because um, anybody that's watched the mainstream media knows that 
it's the same script, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, NES, even Fox. You know, Fox is just the rhino news of the mainstream media. They, they, they're like the protagonists on a, on a, on a stage. Uh, you know, they look to be opposing, but in the end, they're still part of the same storyline. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, and so, you know, we basically have taken it upon ourselves, uh, you know, to tell people, get them curious. What is, you know, what is, what is extortion 17, you know, and, and they'll go home and they'll, you know, they'll get on the internet and, and they'll type that in, especially if they see us up there more than once. You know, they see us up there more than once. These people aren't playing. What are they talking about? Why should we impeach Obama? And then they start going to it. You know, we get their curiosity up. And it, it, it just works. It just works, you know. And Anything we, um, can, do to, anything we can do to get the get folks to start doing their own research. As you said, the the mainstream media, is it, it's not, it no longer has the lion's share that it had. But it's still, to a great extent, and I and I certainly uh, include Fox uh, in with that. It's they certainly uh, are the is the way that most people get their information, and and Sir, that's, that's it's almost criminal anymore. because of what. It's not true anymore, though. I, I hate to interrupt, but most people are not watching. You look at the, the actual Nielsen numbers. People are not paying attention. They're getting their news from alternate sources. And we're not even talking about, uh, you know, John Stewart or anything. Uh, there is a growing cadre of true journalists, people who vet stories, who use multiple sources, who put links that show you exactly where you can find the source information yourself, um, places like watchdog.org and watchdog wire which are ones that I'm personally affiliated with uh that are paid for and sponsored by the Franklin uh Center for Public Integrity and the Heritage Foundation and Americans for Prosperity but do not adhere to their particular political goals what they do is get the money and make certain that journalistic standards are upheld and they encourage local stories so if you're out there and you have a penchant for numbers, and you want to go to your local school board and do a Freedom of Information Act and get the numbers and crunch them, and you find some, some kind of waste, fraud, abuse of gov- in government, then by all means, if you can't write that story yourself, you contact me on Facebook, and I'll edit it for you. And my name won't even go on it. I've been doing this. I've developed a dozen and more writers in just in the last couple of months. And you're right. Every single Front that we can attack on is worth attacking on. Every single one of right. them. Well, Whether you are. Well, I'm sorry. What I was saying is that they, is if they, what I said is that they, they certainly no longer have the line. That's here. true. You know they don't, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't command uh, the vast, the bulk of the of the folks who are getting that information. But for folks who are not. Uh, sourcing it themselves, they, that's how they're getting their information. That's where they're no, getting it, their information. You know what? From, Here's from the thing CNN, though. from uh, ABC, CBS, uh, because if, and that's, that includes probably up to, I'd say, about 40% uh, of Americans, because if they weren't, now, now maybe some are, some are going to, uh, to, I don't know what you'd say, liberal or progressive sites. 
and stuff like that, but those guys are not putting out the truth. So you well, still have a, a, a huge amount of folks that are not getting the truth. They're not uh, yeah. either they're not searching for it themselves, or they're too lazy and they're just sitting there letting it be fed to them by mainstream media. I, I don't know if I should call you Scout or Michael, but uh, and I appreciate the Mockingbird, uh, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird reference. Um, here's the thing. Uh, if you know somebody who tells you something, you're liable to believe them. Why not? But if that person tells you something about uh, an event that you have absolutely no personal experience of, then you have nothing to dispute it. If they tell you about something that happened in uh, Afghanistan, you'll take their word for it. But if they tell you about something that happened in your town, on your street, with your family, and it's not true, you're not going to give them the pass. They tell us, and I work for the unemployment office here in Pennsylvania. That's my day job. They tell us right. that unemployment is down when over 92 million people are out of work, when every single family just about in this country has somebody who's out of work. Some families, they're all out of work. They tell us that there's no inflation because they stopped counting just like they stopped counting people who are unemployed, they stopped counting food and energy prices in their inflation index. Yet every one of us goes to the gas pump, and we all go to the grocery store, and we know they're not telling the truth. So, you know, I, I, I know that people still watch these things, but they don't believe it. They know they're being lied to. Oh, no, yeah. No, I'm not going to say that they believe it, but, but a lot of the folks, because you'll – because if you get into a, uh, a discussion, uh, I'm, I, it's even hard to call it that now because in America it appears that for the most part uh, the majority, it seems, of Americans have lost their ability uh, to discuss or debate in, in, a, in a polite way or in the, in the true sense of the word because what it has become is, is – uh, is a screaming match, uh, especially uh, if you are trying to discuss something with, uh, with I don't know what else to, I hate to generalize, but uh, with, a, with a true blue dyed-in-the-wool uh, hardcore liberal, uh, because all you will get is uh, you'll just get stuff screamed at you. There will be no debate. They'll scream at you as if they've had a dozen cups of coffee, and there'll be no listening. Well, you know, they'll Michael, be screaming, be that, that's partly because and no that's because of a bad education system for generations that we let the so-called progressives take over. They're not really progressive, and it's also because um, people aren't approaching this in the right manner. Now, I, I try very, very hard. It's it's my nature to talk with just about everybody I run across about things, just whatever is interesting. Uh, I like people, and we love to talk, and I've learned the hard way. Not to use jargon and not to preach it. All right. I, I myself was a progressive. I grew up. I was a progressive anarchist. I worked for Wade Rathke, who founded Acorn in Denver in 1978. I worked for him in Denver in 1979. And issue by issue, starting with abortion and then guns and then free elections, all it took me decades to get to where I'm at. A constitutionalist, and I am one of the most pro-union guys you met. And I sued. SEIU, my union that I'm forced to pay money to, and in, 19, in 2012, in federal court, and I won, and they dropped the fees that they were stealing from people who were not members of the union, and my fees right. go...
Education Foundation here in Pennsylvania. And I talk to union stewards all the time. And if I use the jargon or allow them to use the jargon, it, it devolves into either, like you said, a screaming match or just people not listening to each other. But when we talk right. about basic things, when I tell them I'm not opposed to voluntary associations of people who want to band together for their mutual protection, and that's what a union is supposed to be, just like any other government or group like a PTA or a volunteer fire company or anything else. What I'm opposed to is corruption and people who take the money and don't do anything good for you but do plenty good for themselves, and every one of them gets it. They get it because that's talking to them in terms that they can understand that doesn't make them bad. I don't call them wrong. I don't say they're stupid. Um, half the country voted one way and half the other for two, the evil of two lessers, the lesser of two evils. Had we had Mitt Romney elected, we would be close to where we are now, and it would be very difficult to protest. But the other side would be protesting. It's, it's progressive yeah, and progressive light. And they're not really progressive. What they are are elites. They're people who want to be kings. And, you know, I, I don't tell Americans that they're stupid. I, are we lazy? Yeah. Uh, are we apathetic? We yeah, often. Self-absorbed in, in our own particular interests? You bet. But people are not stupid. If you ask them about something that they're, they're really interested in, their family, their hobby, their sport, their job, they know everything. Don't forget that Americans are last-minute people. We're Hail Mary people. Yeah, We're taking care that. of business okay. people. And we are still the people, like our ancestors, who, who said no to the ancient regimes, no to tyranny, no to kings. And I don't know a single person today, even though they may not have the guts to do it to their boss's face because they want to keep their job, who will not criticize their boss if their boss is a jerk, who will not speak their mind, and who doesn't insist on being able to live their life the way they want to, whether I approve of it or not. And God bless them. Now, my personal view is that, just like the Colonel and James and, and possibly yourself, is that this is God's gift of liberty, that God gives us the free choice to decide how we're going to behave, whether we're going to be good or whether we're going to be evil. And it, the, that gift means it's that much more meaningful when we choose to act in a good way. When my daughter, who's, who's a young adult now, was very little, I explained to her that true character is doing the right thing when no one knows, when no one except you will ever know. But there's a lot of people out there, including myself and probably everybody listening, who made mistakes and makes mistakes, who's been wrong, and we want to be right. And there's a real simple way to do that, folks. Look at the facts, think for yourself, decide for yourself, and if you made a mistake in the past, you're not wrong because you've just changed your mind. And I'm not asking you to sign on with all the things that I believe. There are many different viewpoints in America that, that can be legitimate and that we can debate. But if the elites who want to be our leaders, who want to be our kings, who want to be the special ones that the law doesn't apply to, if they cement their control now, this may be liberty's last chance forever. With all this brave new technology, these drugs, these RFID chips, cameras everywhere, satellites, drones, there may never be another chance to do this peacefully or do this at all. 
This is for you. This is for you to live the, your life the way you want. This is so your children have the freedom to succeed or fail on their own terms, whether they want to be an artist, a bum, a, a doctor, a business person, whatever they want to go for, they won't have that right. You don't have that right today. Anybody who's listening, uh, I'm in my early 50s. And when I was a young man, I had choices. I could go out in a good economy. This is what freedom gives us, is a good economy, not cronies. And I could choose and did lots of different things. And a lot of times I failed and I learned something from it. But I had more choices and I could pick myself up and I could try something else. You ask the 20-somethings today. What have they now, got you're not, not trying to tell me that you actually you actually took jobs that Americans won't do, right? But, you know, I work for the unemployment <laughs> office, so I, this is not opinion. I speak as an expert in employment and unemployment for a dozen plus years, and I know this fig, this stuff intimately. There are no jobs that Americans won't do during oh, the yeah, time. Oh yeah, listen, I, I completely agree because whenever and, and every time. Uh, Every time President Bush said that, I used to get so angry because I'd done every one of those jobs. I worked every one of them, and and uh, and it's just uh, it's ridiculous to try and justify something or to or or to take uh, those experiences away from people so that uh, so they're not able to do them today. Like you said. Uh, that is that's one of the ways that you learn uh you learn how to work you learn how to uh correct how to exist inside the the system that we have listen people like numbers so let me throw some numbers out and these are these are factual verified vettable numbers that you can check yourself very easily they say and have been saying since right after Ronald Reagan made that terrible mistake of allowing the first amnesty back in 86. They say that there are 11 million illegal aliens in this country. And that number has remained unchanged. And the figures, if you look at, um, gosh, I'm spacing on the website, look it up yourself, you'll find it. It's, it's at least 30 million, at least. Right now, we are 90 million people out of work who should be working, who did not hit the lottery, who did not marry rich, who did not get sick, who are not retired. Therefore, they are unemployed, whether they're looking for work this week or not, whether the Obama administration is lying about whether they're looking for work or not, because that's come out in the press. In the 2012 elections, they cooked the numbers. Every one of us working at the unemployment office knew they were cooking the numbers, and there was nothing we could do about it because we didn't have access. But you want numbers? Um, if we can get all of our people back to work, and that means includes the legal immigrants. I work with people from, you know, and, and, and neighbors with people from various countries who chose to come here. God bless them. They love America. They know our Constitution better than most people born here. But if we give the opportunities for small businesses, not these big, giant corporations who have special deals, but small businessmen and women to start their own businesses build their, their prosperity, hire more people. Once we've got all 90 million working, if there are some jobs, 
that need to be filled, and Americans really would rather not work in the mushroom plants of Kennett Square or work in the meatpacking plants, uh, cutting up chickens and and, uh, pigs and whatnot. Well, in that case, I'm perfectly open to a guest worker program where they can come in for a limited period of time, do some work, get some money, go back to their country, and if they really like freedom, there's two things they can do. They can apply, get in line like the rest of us did or our parents did. My grandmother was a a Polish immigrant. And come here legally. Be an American. Welcome. Or, and this is what I'd really like to see, when America was the shining beacon of liberty to the world, when our example, but our example of freedom and prosperity meant so much that they rose up in Poland, that they rose up in all these countries around the world and insisted that they want that too. I would like to see Mexico be a free and prosperous country under their own terms and an ally of ours and not full of narco-terroristas. I would like to see Russia and China be filled with dissent from their citizens who are willing to stand up to the tanks like that poor man in Tiananmen Square did so many years ago. You know, here's the difference. In those countries and in the Ukraine today, you stand up against them, they shoot you, you're dead. In America, right. they shoot you, we shoot back. They're, the people in charge are not stupid. They know that the worst case for them, if they don't get what they want, is to simply fade back into the shadows. A few of them, after a proper investigation and due process and a fair trial, will probably go to prison. And they'll just keep on working on seducing us. And five or ten years later, a few of them will be back. You know this happens every generation. That's their downside. That's their worst case. So they're not going to risk that. They're not going to risk all-out war and having them wiped out. But for us, it's not a matter of what we want. It's a matter of what we need. It's not that I want my daughter to have a free life. It's not that it would be a nice thing. I require that at the cost of my own life if necessary. And the best way, as Cicero said in Latin, sorry, it's Latin, guys, Sic vic pacem parabellum, which means if you want peace, prepare for war. And we need to be attacking and pressuring the the elites on all fronts with a unity of purpose. I am willing to compromise on anything except basic constitutional principle and fiscal common sense. So if whatever your issue is, join us. People may not realize this, but last October in Washington, D.C., it was a very large rally. There was uh, about 400,000 people, which is pretty good, and it was in October, and on that stage was Freedom Works, and uh, the Tea Party, and the Heritage Foundation, and the NRA, and they were protesting against the NSA spying on us, because the Snowden allegations and revelations were just coming out, but on that same stage was the ACLU, Electronic Freedom Foundation, Demand progress, demand progress, folks, and fight for the future. And it's funny, but they were saying exactly the same things. And standing right next to each other was a Tea Partier and a progressive, the honest ones, not the ones who call themselves these things. And they looked at each other and they said, we are the 99%. It's not the rich people. It's the elites. It's the people who want to rule us. Look, I, I, my neighbors across the street and down the street in my little town, they agree with me on a lot of stuff. But we're not lockstep. We're not, you know, all the same. 
we can disagree with things. We can have debates. And sometimes in our volunteer fire company or any of the other organizations that we have here, one side or the other will get their, their way based on votes. We'll try it. It'll work or it won't. And then we see what happens. And if it doesn't work, we'll try it the other way. We don't have to agree on everything. Here in my little town, they tried Agenda 21 Light, the broken windows theory that came out of New York City, which is called the quality of life ordinances. I don't care where you are in the country. Look at what's going on. Your own local municipality or township or borough is doing this. And they passed these rules that are incredibly intrusive government rules that cost us a lot of money and have no due process. The, the hearing officer is actually the person who gave you the ticket. And they can ticket you for having dandelion in your lawn. They can ticket an old lady after the winters that we all had who didn't manage to get the, the six inches of solid ice off her sidewalk. And by the way, here in town, we voluntarily try and help those old ladies because one day we're going to be old. We want someone to help us. There but you go. We had an election, and there was a very popular woman who had been in office for some time, and she's a very nice lady. We still like her. We still talk to her. She's still our friend. But she was in favor of this because she thought it was a good idea. She did not get why it was bad. But we got it. And we formed a little committee, and we went door to door and met everyone. And we actually won an election with a guy who did not want to run for office, (laughs) who's doing a pretty good job, and we won it by one vote. Folks, if you think that you can't make a difference, you're dead wrong. And I hate to say wrong, but I'm going to be a little blunt about this. You can, you should, you must. If you don't, if you sit it out, if you aren't willing to be one of those who stands up for liberty and for for your own freedom, then what you are doing is an action. You are helping those people who want to be able to seize your property, search you without warrant, put blue gloves on and violate you and your family members, your children, the people who are willing to, that can uh, scoop you up in the middle of the night legally now, take you to an undisclosed location, lie to a federal judge when he asks for habeas corpus, or says produce the body uh, on Monday morning at 9 a.m. in my courtroom. They can say we don't know who he is. These, if you don't help now, You are helping the people who are harming you. And if you think that if you lead a quiet life, if you you don't make waves, if you don't cause them any problems, look at the history of statism in the 20th century. Look at what happened in so many different countries under so many different political systems that were really just the same, whether they were left or right. They weren't left or right. They were were fascist. They They were tyrants. It didn't matter who they came for first didn't matter if it was the Ukrainian kulaks or the, the Armenian Christians or the, the Jews in, in Germany and Poland or the gypsies. It didn't matter if it was the, the Chinese peasants or, or the uh, intellectuals in the cities in Cambodia. It didn't matter if there was a, a political system. Idi Amin was not left. He was not right. He was just crazy. But right. whoever they came for first... They couldn't stop, and they wouldn't stop because they're paranoid. To keep their control, they came for more and more. Sir or madam, they will come for you. The only way to prevent this without violence, without having to take up arms, is to get involved now. Get involved locally in your communities, and 
Operation American Spring is a very good way to do this as well. You, if you can make it to D.C. on May 16th, that is where you will find me. And if you can't, maybe you can make it the following week. Two weeks later, the Rolling Thunder, the uh, bikers are going to be there. Uh, we're having rallies already in support of this, and we're going to have rallies in Pennsylvania after this. Uh, just uh, two days from now, on Saturday, Valley Forge, if you can get there, we're expecting 3,000 bikers, including veterans, bikers organizations, police bikers organizations, and militia bikers organizations, uh, all in full uniform, and plenty of other people. And we're riding into the city with police escorts. They're closing down the road for us. 3,000 from as far as Connecticut and Boston and Virginia and Ohio. And this is the kind of thing that you can get involved with, and it doesn't have to be rallies. You can get involved in your local political process. You can get involved with a group that supports anti-common core or pro-life or anti-NSA. Whatever it is, it's right. It works. It helps. Just as long as you help the other groups that are also working to restore our constitutional limits on power. And I am definitely talking too long, so why don't you get James back well, in here? Uh, uh, well, let me just say real quick that, uh, you know, you mentioned at the <clears throat> at the beginning uh, that uh, that you were affiliated and you, you, you were part of all, all different kinds of groups. And, uh, you bet. It kind of made me think of... Uh, uh, if you look back at the history of the American Revolutionary War, you'll see uh, that uh, after uh, when things started getting serious and uh, and the colonists decided that they needed to have some groups uh, to to look into what they needed to do, uh, they said there was there were groups that sprung up everywhere. Sons of Liberty, uh, you know, is one of the well most well known, but there were all different kinds of groups. And there was one guy. You have to be a member of almost all the groups involved uh, in the events that led up to the American Revolutionary War, and that was Paul Revere. He was uh, he was like the the one go-to guy that uh, was sewing all of these groups together. And I try and tell uh, the folks who are listening that's the only way that we're going to that we're really going to beat this because. As individual organizations, individual groups, we have very little power, and we're very easy. It's very easy to get caught under a boot heel and squashed. Uh, the only way that we're going to to make ourselves stronger is to knit a uh, knit up a like a Kevlar organization by welding all of the groups together and uh, making alliances with all of the groups. You don't have to completely embrace anyone else's philosophy. All you have to do is agree to uh, agree that you have the same goals, uh, at least generally, that is, the same goals of defending uh, the the freedoms and liberties that make this nation what it is. You don't have to you don't have to go down the line and agree to everything else. Just agree that uh, that everyone has the same goal of defending uh, the freedoms and liberties, and then make alliances. Uh, make alliances to make yourselves stronger. Because we all, as American citizens of any color, uh, religion, race, creed, uh, party affiliation, anything, we all want the same thing. Uh, whether they, whether 
whether your party says you do or not, it doesn't matter. But as Americans, we all want the same thing. We want our freedoms. I don't know. I don't know anybody Amen. that wants to be suppressed, that wants to be uh, imprisoned, or that wants to be uh, to have a boot on their neck. Nobody wants that. So we all have the same wants, and then we all have the same desires. And even if we didn't, our Constitution is written to protect all citizens. Not written to protect. Nobody owns it. No party owns it. It's written to protect everyone. And uh, the other thing you mentioned was that the uh, that you don't want to uh, to have a constitutional. Uh, constitutional convention to change the constitution that you're happy with that that's that's the exact same thing that uh, that the colonists they didn't want it's called the American Revolutionary War but and, and really it was not a revolution they didn't want to change out to a different form of government they said no, they, they wanted, wanted the their rights, rights that under the existing had. government yeah, it was. In fact, if anything, it was a civil war. But they didn't want to. They didn't want to just to take the government out, destroy it, and replace it with some other form. They just wanted their rights under the existing government, and that is what American citizens today want. If they're awake, if they understand uh, the problems that we're facing, that's what they want. They don't want to rip out the government, replacing it with something new. They don't want a, uh, a a revolutionary change in the government. They simply want the government to obey the game rules that the board is written on. You know, they want to. They, Scout, they want the government to play by the game. Scout, you know, um, when you talk about waking up and you talk about everybody wanting the same thing, what they wanted was the rights of Englishmen. And I'd like <clears throat> people to look back in history to two days, uh, June, uh, excuse me, December sixth, nineteen forty-one, and uh, April eighteenth of 1775. Those aren't dates that you remember. Do you remember the date after that? Because in December 6th, nobody, very few people wanted to go to war or realize exactly what we were facing as far as worldwide tyranny. And April 18th of 1775, the founding fathers, with very few exceptions, considered them George Washington, Ben Franklin, John Adams, even Sam Adams considered themselves Englishmen. They wanted the rights that Englishmen had. But the day after that, they realized that they were Americans. So I, I'm definitely not disheartened. I, I am not uh, pessimistic about this. I know America will come through. Look, it's a question of need versus want. The other side wants to win. We need to win. And we will win. And as far as it goes, we don't need everybody. I want everybody. I'll take, you know, 50% of this country. I'll take 99% of this country standing up. I don't think it's realistic to expect that it will ever happen, but that's what I want. 3% is what it took during the Revolutionary War. 3% of the current population. The current population. 3% of the current population is over 9 million people. That's 9 million right. people all stood up. What's the government going to do? Let's be realistic about it. I mean, we have 450,000 combat troops in the United States, in the entire United States military. 450,000 versus 9 million people with rocks, sticks, pitchforks, and torches, they would still win. And the 9 uh, million. 
most of us have uh, something more significant than rocks at uh, pitchforks. Well, exactly. If you could get 10 million people to agree on something, you don't even need a rock. You don't need anything. You just you have them saying this is the way it's going to be, and everybody has everybody's going to have to to abide by this. That's all you need. Listen, guys, we're getting to. Uh, the last few minutes of the show here, in just a few minutes, the English lady is going to be telling us in our ear that the show is going to, uh, to get called. So let me tell you, uh, uh, Mr. Neighbors, uh, I'd like to have you back on the show uh, in a couple of weeks so you can talk more about this. I know that you're going to be busy between now and the 16th uh, because you guys are working with uh, uh, with the Operation American Spring thing and the same thing with you, Mr. Gray. I know that you're going to be busy too, but uh, I would uh, it'd be a pleasure to have you, both of you guys back uh, on the show in, in the next uh, few weeks or months, if you guys would uh, would agree to that. You bet. That'd be great. And, uh, yeah. and uh, I can give you the rundown on how the trip on DC went, and uh, it was it was an epic trip. Uh, I really wish everybody that was that was listening could have been there. You. Uh, if you've never been to D.C., you have to go to D.C. Uh, you know, cancel a vacation. You were going to go to Disneyland. Go to D.C. Experience experience the history that lives there. I mean, you could just feel uh, you can feel things there that you just can't feel anywhere else. And that's the history that built this nation. And it will give you an appreciation more so than than what you do now. I mean, I think that's for anybody that's never been to Washington, D.C. Um, you really owe it to yourself and to the people around you to go um, because you'll come away, at least in a small way, changed because because the things there, um, they will wake you up. They will wake you up, and, and everybody needs to go there. Um, but anyway, we only have, looks like, about a minute to go here, so I'll let you close out yeah. the show. All right. Well, listen, guys, uh, once again, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. And uh, I'll be talking to you guys in the next uh, few weeks because I'd like to get an after action uh, uh, from the event. And actually, I've, if I can, I'll talk to you guys during the event. And, well, maybe we can get you guys on uh, during the event so that we can get some information uh, while it's going on. Thank you very much for coming on tonight. God bless and keep you close and protect you. And uh, may God guide our hands in this, for our cause is just. Thanks again, Thank you, guys. Good night, and uh, and we'll be seeing you uh, and hearing from you in the next few weeks. Sounds you great. You got it. Thank you uh, very much. Thanks, guys. And listen, the rest of you guys, uh, we'll see you again this coming Thursday, p.m. Central. And uh, uh, until then, God bless and, uh, and keep you all.
Take to make us realize that we're not. 